Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And together we form the Midnight Marauders. This time, do you know where that's from? Yes. Where? You mentioned it in the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's what a lot of people say is the best album. By? Uh, I'm losing it. Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. But they're wrong, because it's low-end theory. <laughs> but anyway... <clears throat> All right, uh, we just finished up some uh, research. Crunching a lot of numbers. Crunching a lot of numbers, which is hard for us. Um, in in preparation for this pyramids versus towers conversation, and we battled with the word towers quite a bit because it could just be one one giant plateau, a mesa, so to speak. You know, it doesn't have to be a tower straight up and down. Um, a great pancake, even. The great pancake, yeah. Grade pancake or the great pancake? Both sound great. Yeah. One sounds better. Yeah. Pancakes sound good, too. We're going to have wings and pancakes later. I'd support this. <laughs> okay, so, you know, building a pyramid, building a base, and, you know, slowly adding up to a harder climb or going for the harder climb. You know, do you want to be a better climber? Do you want to climb a harder grade? Um, is it synonymous necessarily? No, I don't think so. Okay. Do you think one is always better than the other, a pyramid or a tower? I'm trying to think of a phrase other than it depends. Um <laughs> There are times when one is better than the other. And even depending on what your time scale is mm -hmm. of your pyramid, like a pancake could even be ideal yeah, at totally. certain times. I agree. Uh, I guess let's just jump into that then. All right. Um, so what do you see? Well, first off, like this is part of a series. We're doing the five-day series of uh, common, common sense, sense versus, versus common, common practice. practice. So would you say that having building a pyramid, like that's when was the first time you were told you should build a pyramid oh, man. if you want to get better? Really early on. Um, actually, I think I probably read the concept first in Eric Hurst's Training for Climbing book. Um, I don't know that anyone had ever called it a pyramid to me, though the concept existed in the gym like early on there were a few guys who were my mentors in the gym um chris eklund josh dees um several other guys who instilled the idea that if you want to climb this you know 512 you should try to go do all the 511s first you know in the gym mm-hmm so they definitely built that idea 
into my head before I ever heard it called a pyramid, I think. Word. Early um, on, the Dark Ages. Yes, the Dark Ages. And would you agree that it's, you know, common sense practice? Like, most people these days, like... Would, I agree it's common sense. Or yeah, I, I guess I said common sense practice. Yeah. Is it... <laughs> yeah, words, words are You're hard. trying to confuse me, Nathan. Yes. Um, I agree that that's the common sense. I don't think it's necessarily the common practice. And I'm hesitating here because the common sense should be that it's a pyramid, which means it comes to a point. Mm -hmm. But even a lot of the people who believe in the pyramid idea never bring it to that point. So I don't know where I'm going with that, but it is common sense to do it, yes. Even the people that try to practice often fall short in one way or another yeah totally um all right before we dig in a little further um we've been talking a bit about currency lately so mm -hmm. how current are your skills do you how do you feel about how current your pyramid is like and that's how a, relevant is that that's a good question um i know initially when i re i believe when i read it in eric Hurst's book he talked about a 12 month pyramid which is great because 8A tracks that for you. Yeah, exactly. So you should be looking in your last 12 months. And I think that's a really good way to start looking at it. I think as you get into the upper grades, you encounter some problems with that 12-month pyramid. Those problems could be you don't have the time to travel and you've done everything around the bottom of your pyramid, mm -hmm. you know, over the last decade. Yeah. So it's tough to add to the bottom of your pyramid. Um, or you've kind of hit your ceiling. And if you want to do the next level, you have to spend all your energy all year on it, you know? So you can, you can definitely run into problems. And I feel like, I feel like I start picking skills, particular skills to be current with for my pyramid. So I don't necessarily need to do, if I want to do 14A, I don't need to do 8 13As or 16 13As or whatever the pyramid would tell me to do. I only need to do a couple of 13As of a similar style and build my little tower up to 14a mm -hmm. you know um so it it gets tricky which yeah. is why we're having this conversation yeah you know and how much time do you have if you only have and we talked we've talked about this just recently it, you know if you only have let's say 20 days of climbing outside in your entire fall yeah or you, some people only have that in their year yeah uh, I sure shit hope you aren't going to be like, well, I want to climb 12A, so let's start by climbing 124 10, 10Bs <laughs> yeah, and then totally. start tapering down from there. Mm. Like, no, it's like, a, you know, you need, it is necessary to build some form of momentum, get that confidence going. Remember how to clip chains. Like yep. that, you know, as silly as that sounds, it's really important to know how to execute and how to send things like you can forget how to send things 
and it's it's kind of funny when it happens and you're like oh like you're like oh i'm just going to go out and go try the project today and it's like are you, well, are you going to send it it's like no well what do you need to work uh just i'm working it it's like well what are you doing like yeah you're just you have planned to spin circles because you forgot how to pull the trigger yep totally um you know i kind of like the like four two one the tiny little pyramid Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of that um, and and making whatever you've done in the last year that you've done three of that's the goal of the base of your pyramid so that so if <clears throat> let's say if last year I went out and I did three 12 Ds and 113a then my goal next year is to make 12D the base of my pyramid. Yeah. So okay. yeah. add a 12D, do another 13A, and then try to add a 13B. Hmm. You know, I think that's a good setup for like a weekend warrior, someone who doesn't get to travel extensively and climb all the time. If you've got a small time period throughout the year, if you only get out 20 days or 30 days in the year, then I think that's a decent way to approach it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you've done three of or you can build to four of in this calendar year, that should be the base of your pyramid for the next 12 months. Word. Um, if your goal is to climb something hard. Yes. For um, you. If your goal is for a harder red point. Um, so keeping with the topic of currency, when does your pyramid, when is it no longer current? You know, when have all those things kind of dropped off? Uh, for me, I mean, it was a while can ago. They? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they can. I definitely, I definitely think they can. And, and really, I think 12, 18 months might be a good number to start thinking about. You need to get a little more current with some specific skills if you haven't done those things and they are necessary for your projects or mm-hmm. for your goals um i think after 18 months they really really need to be updated okay so let's use an example if i want to go do beer belly at the red river gorge mm-hmm. let's say i built myself a nice little tower last year i've got plenty of days i can go weekend warrior all spring all fall um three-day weekends not a problem and i don't even mind climbing when it's a little warm and i've done a 13A, a, a 12D, and two 12Cs in the last 12 months. Before that, I had maybe done a bunch, <clears throat> like a lot more 512s, but I really tapered to try and send that 513 last year. So how should I approach this season? Um, what did you say you were able to, how often are you able to climb? Are you weekend warrior? Or are you Weekend warrior, but all the way, like all weekends, I have no life responsibilities. Rock climbing is life when I'm not working. Okay. How should you approach the season after you've already trained? Mm-hmm. Already trained. Like, what kind of pyramid should <clears> I build? Basically saying, like, I have no currency when it comes to having done routes near my limit. Right. I think you need to start back at the 12 Cs, maybe even some Bs when you first go out. Mm-hmm. Um, get some momentum. Like it's, we talked about before. Yeah. When when you touched on style, how would, like, so what would I be looking for? I would look for steeper, 
a little thuggier. Um, I personally like to do something early on that's off style of my major project. I don't think that's a necessity. Um, so I would look for steeper, big moves, thuggier, slopier. I would, if beer belly was my real focus, I would avoid doing the 12 B's and C's that are vertical, crimpy. You know, I would do a handful of C's or a handful of B's, then move up to C's and fill those out. Mm-hmm. You know, do at least three or four of those. And then I would move up to the D's and probably do a 13A before I got to Beer Belly. Because okay. Beer Belly's a hard one, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's in the upper 13As. Um, and I wouldn't go to the Madness Cave. I wouldn't do the long, super pumpy stuff the Red is known for. I would stick to the shorter, more bouldery climbing. Cool. Um, so, when we look at a pyramid, you know, we can have issues on all sides as far as, um, I mean, it can be too tall, it can be too flat. You can even take pyramiding too seriously. Yeah, Maybe try totally. and build your base a little too low. Like we, we were joking around about earlier, if I want to climb 12A, I need to go do like 256 5.9s first. Right. Uh, and build up. But, you know, time, energy, all that doesn't make sense. And at a certain point, you know, if you're climbing things that are too far below you, are you really getting much value out of that? Right, exactly. So let's start by talking about that. Um, pancakes, grade pancakes or grade puddles, whatever we want to call them. <laughs> grade puddle, that's a good one. I like Just, that. Just, you know, you're <clears throat> like, I'm going to build the greatest pyramid. I'm going to build this base as wide as possible. Mm-hmm. And then you forget that it goes up at some point. Um, yeah, I think if you've done... <sighs> Let's let's even just say you're a person who loves doing a lot of routes at a grade mm-hmm. or boulders at a grade. If you've if you're that person and you've done 8 or 10 of a route, it's time to try something a little harder. Like 8 or 10 in that year or in that Yes. Okay. In that 12 or 18 month period. Mhm. If you've done eight or ten of those, it's time to try something harder. If you're a person who wants to do the bigger grade, which is totally okay, I have no problem with grade chasers if you do it smart. If you're that person, then I think once you've done four or five of those, it's high time to step up to the next grade. I don't think there's Honestly, I don't think there's any excuse for a grade puddle bigger than about 10 routes. Okay. Uh, Unless you're just in an area where there's nothing else to mm-hmm. do. Okay. If you're limited by geography, that's the only reason. Cool. So let's talk a bit more on that because I think that is something that there can be value out of the grade puddle. Okay. Um so, and I think geography is exactly the point. Um, and the way I see it, like one of the best times where it can be advantageous to say, okay, I'm not going to build my pyramid up super tall. I'm just going to do all the lower levels is if you have the opportunity to travel a ton, 
You know, let's say... Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's say it's like, <clears throat> hey, I'm going to... I just finished grad school. I'm taking a year off. And then before I join the workforce and have to start adulting, I'm going to go everywhere I've ever wanted to be for two weeks at a time. So I'm going to go to Sierrana, Margulaf, Oleana, Seyus, Ferdon Gorge, all these places. You know, at that point, if especially if you've never gotten to travel and climb on different rock styles, it might be advantageous. And I, this is what I would recommend. Just climb a ton of stuff, maybe around your, you know, 80, 85% level, like things that are still hard and they challenge you mm-hmm. and you're going to have to try them, you know, maybe two, three, four, five times but you can do them fast enough that you can see a lot of these areas, learn a lot of new skills. Um, and so, you know, at the end of that year, you may have just the greatest grade lake you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that actually. I like that, that thought that would never have occurred to me because I've never been in the situation where I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my whole climbing career. I had two week vacations once a year. So it would never even have occurred to me to spend a year traveling to a bunch of different places. And you're right. That'd be a great time to build the, the great Lake of grades. Yes. So, and so from there, you know, if you looked at that year, you'd be like, Oh wow. Like I didn't, it would be easy to say I didn't do anything hard or I should have, you know, focused. But if you can take those skills and then, you know, once now that you have a nine to five and you hopefully live near some climbing, you can start really sharpening off that base. Yep. No, I think that's a really, really great point. Is there a time when it's okay to have the tower? Um, yeah, it, there is. You know, I okay is yes. There is a time. Um, <laughs> so there is a time where I I wouldn't say it's ideal but it's best case scenario. And that's when, you know, you live, you live near a crag. It has 40 rock climbs and you've done 38 of them. Like, yeah, you know what? You've got your next two routes picked out. Yeah. Like, and that's not ideal. Like ideal is that you'd have more, but if that's what you got to work with, man, that's what you've got to work with. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you should go back again on the idea of currency? Should you go back and repeat some things to get your levels current again i i would rather keep things in as a circuit Mm -hmm. um rather than simply going back to repeat just for the sake of repeats right um so maybe it's you warm up you try one of your projects twice and then you've still got energy for more climbing and you just want to get fitter so maybe go back and repeat like two three four hard routes that were difficult for you and you can kind of keep, keep those in rotation of like keep rotating them through so it's not that you just get them so dialed that it's like, oh, I can, you know, do this 13B every single time. It doesn't feel hard. It's like, well, okay, if you've done it 100 times, it might not feel hard. So maybe sub it out for a 12D that's really difficult for you right now. Um, so I think there's value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ne- I haven't found a ton of value in just repeating for the sake of repeating. Yeah. But if I keep something in a circuit for building fitness and especially if something represents a specific style, Um, so for instance, if there's a vert line where I just have to really trust some bad feet, like every now and then coming back in and re redoing it like that, then to me, that's helpful. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Cool. I think another time when all of these iterations are okay, including the tower is if that's really what you want to do, like 
if you're stoked on it, do it. I don't have any problem with that. Like, if your whole goal is to only climb on Rochambeau, go climb on Rochambeau. Have you fun. Know? If you've yeah. never done the tens on the ten wall, because all you want to do is Rochambeau, then whatever, go do Rochambeau. Man, and I don't think it's going it. to make you a better rock climber. So if that's part of your goal, you're fucking up. But if the thing that makes you most happy is to climb on Rochambeau, be my guest. Yeah. And I mean, man, God bless them. There are people who they would like nothing more than to spend 10 seasons on the same project. Yeah. Doing the same two first two warmups mm-hmm. and they go straight to the project. They bolt to bolt and they just keep doing that until it's done. And you know, for them, that's happiness. I, I don't like that. I'm not into <laughs> yeah. it, but uh, yeah, man, if that gets you psyched, yeah, and it's the same way with the pancake, I think, that if you, you know, it happens in the red a lot, actually, because new crags are constantly opening up. There's constant new development. Let's just go do the other new 12 A's. Yeah. You know? And then somehow you end up with people who've done 712 A's and never done 12 C. You know, it happens. Totally. And, and that's what makes them happy, so. Yeah, sure. and I mean, and that's, the huge thing. So earlier when I was contemplating on the tower on what is best case scenario and what is just makes it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked your answer of best case scenario. If, if it makes you happy. The other one where I say a tower is fine is if you feel like your athletic career is closing in on you, or if you just have like, whether that's age or whatever, or you have a big life responsibility coming up, maybe in nine months you have a, new member of your family coming in or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're like, Hey, I have another six months before like we're going to have a kid. And so I'm going to try and send my mega project. Cause I know like as if having a kid stops your life or something, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Don't frankly want to, Um, but it's not true people, but you know what I mean? Like it is going to be a change in your life. And so, and and most people are going to freak out about it. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's your first kid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's say you just, you're like, hey, like, pyramid be damned. I want to go climb V11. I'm just going to go put, my, like, slam my head against this for the next X amount of months. Yep. And until it's done. Or, yeah, you know, like, I know plenty of people who, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to start a new position next year. And, like, things, like, I'm going to have three to five years where <clears throat> it's just going to be super rough. So, maybe that's a time when you say... I'm not going to worry about my base. I'm going to focus on this and I'd like to get it done. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got lots of good examples of really great rock climbers with giant pyramids. Can you think of any great rock climbers who just have a tower or who have just a massive Mesa? The Mesa. Um, that's a good question. You know, I'd say the closest thing, and this is almost blasphemy. Like if we were looking at currency, the closest thing to a tower on a great climber is probably Sharma. Okay. Um, massive base from being younger, having traveled, done everything. But more recently, you know, let's say last like five, six years or so, um, his volume is definitely not as high of new climbs. However, uh, roughly 80% of the 515s, and this is off the website, uh, 99 Problems, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, roughly 80% <clears throat> of the 515s he's climbed have been FAs. 
Right. And so with someone like that, when you're doing that much developing, you just can't climb as much volume. It's not possible. Um, so there are, when we look more currently, and you see this with a lot of great boulders as well, when they first start, they do this tremendous amount of volume. Um, well, I'll mention Jimmy Webb's accomplishments later, but like for him, between 2008 and 2014, which is a seven-year span, there was only one year that he didn't climb over 100 double-digit boulders. Right. And that's massive. But if you look at now, within the last few years, that's tapered off dramatically. Sure. But he's climbed a lot more. He's doing more developing. Like Also, he's just damn near climbed them all. Like, I would... <laughs> the first... The first example that came to mind for me was Honold. Huh. I'd be, in, I, I should go, in fact, let's pause this. I'm going to go look at his A day. Break. Just see. Break. Hey, everybody. Chris here. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Since this thing became officially official, I've basically been obsessed. I've got dozens of episodes waiting to go out, and I'm constantly recording new conversations. I want to continue putting this level of energy into it, and you all can help. We've created a page at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast where you can help support what we're building. In return, even for as little as a dollar per month, you'll get access to the brand new We Scream Like Eagles podcast, which includes tips from our guests, extra conversations about hot topics, and Q&As with your questions posed to our guests. If you think it's worth more than a dollar a month, we've got other rewards available on top of the bonus episodes like stickers, ebooks, t-shirts, and training plans. So if you've been considering pitching in, now's the time. That's patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Thanks a ton, and back to the show. All right, we are back. And while I was over there searching on the computer on 8a.new, which... You know, you guys can disparage all you want, but frankly, it's a pretty good source of data to look at. It's kind of cool. I thought of an even better one than Honold. Um, but I did look at Honold, and and I think I was mostly right. Um, in the last 12 months, he's kind of created a little mesa with uh, 10 13 Cs, 9 13 Ds, 7 14 As, and then only 1 14 B. So he has added on to the top of that, but he's pretty consistent across 13C, 13D, 14A. And and having had a long conversation with Alex about this, I suspect it's largely because he defaults to quantity. He defaults to doing more and has a tough time with going to max intensity. Um, like we talked about in the previous episode. However, if you look at his all-time, it's a little better. He's got 55 14As, 19 14Bs, only 3 14Cs. So again, when he gets near the top, he tends to fall off. He doesn't fill in those top couple levels of his pyramid. You know, it's like a mesa with a little boulder sitting on top. <laughs> um a person who I think is an even better example of having to build a tower of sorts is BJ Tilden. And it's because he's climbing in an area where he's done all of the hardest routes. 
You know, like you mentioned with Sharma, his hardest routes from now on are going to be FAs. Mm-hmm. He has, it's not easy for him to travel because he's got a career, he's got a family, he's got a son now. So, and he's done all the hardest routes in his home area. So in the last 12 months, he's got three 14As, four 14Bs, one 14C. So his is a wonky little tower. Yeah. You know, it does get better when you look at the all time though. And BJ somebody who keeps his skills current by having a circuit. You know, he's got quite a few 13 pluses, 14 minuses on lockdown that he can he can bring his skills up to current pretty quickly on. So his all time shows 35 14As, 18 14Bs, 10 14Cs, 2 14Ds. So much more typical of the the pyramid as we understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think your concept of currency is a really important one in that situation. BJ can build the tower because he can keep his skills current through his circuit. Totally. So. So if we're looking at a uh, gold standards of pyramids. Oh Jesus. Um, so we've got a couple. And I'll go ahead and start with Jonathan Segrist. Yep. He so, just put his stuff on 8A not long ago. Yeah. Which I've already had discussions with multiple people who were just like, have you seen Segrist's 8A? <laughs> Shit is fucked up. Like I counted the other day, I think in the last three years, he's done 62 double or 62 514s second go. Wow. Second go ascents. A 514 in the last three years, roughly 62. I think it was three. I think, it, yeah, it's either three or four years. He's really good at the second go sand. Yes. Um, so one thing that I wanted to see, because I thought this would be interesting, he's a very prolific climber. He has climbed so many routes everywhere. Yeah, and he gets them done fast. Yes. Um, I wanted to know how many 514s he did before he climbed 515. Okay. And this all spurred mm-hmm. on was spurred on by I was doing some research on a route for a guy I train. And interestingly, if you type in almost any 514 in the West, like just type out the name, Jonathan Segrist's blog will come up in like the top five <laughs> results. He has blogged about having sent almost every 514. Yeah. Um, which is it's kind of neat. But so I type it in and it pulls up a blog from him. I was like, oh, I'll check that out. It's from 2010. So he's talking about trying this uh, 14C and he's just having a real hard time with it. Like it's starting to drive him crazy. And he was, he was just like, man, this is uh, it's really starting to get to me mentally. I'm starting to close in on a double digit number of goes. And that's, (laughs) that's the most I've tried any 514 in over a year. Right. So he hit go number seven and was just like starting to fray at the ends. Uh, And when I saw that, I was just like, holy shit. Like, that's insane. I mean, yeah, this is like a 14C that doesn't get repeated very often. And so then I was like, well, how many 514s did he do before he climbed 515? Uh, and did I already tell you? That? I did tell you, you this told number. Me this yeah. Number, yeah. He did 123 514s before climbing 515. Right. And a lot of them at that exact rate I was just describing and like five goes. Yep. Where seven and eight goes would be a siege effort, mm-hmm. basically. 
Um, and some people would argue that's too many. Like you've spent way too long in that grade. You could say that. Um, and so I, and I think you could even argue, and I kind of would, like he said that like he was very open about he had plateaued for four years because he had climbed 9A and it took him four more years to climb 515. So he felt right. like he plateaued. But if you look at the volume that he was climbing, he was doing, he started, got to the point to where he was doing 14C second go. Mm-hmm. Like he did, did several of those. And it's like, if you can do 14C second go, like, are you really plateauing? Even though like. Yeah. Or, so, so maybe it's not plateauing as much as having trouble embracing the double digit attempts. Yeah. On a route. Yeah. And I think uh, biography ended up taking him somewhere in the range of 50 goes. Right. So, I mean, honestly, you could argue that, and it'd be cool to get his opinion on this, but if he was doing all these hard rock climbs super quick and just a handful of goes, and then he went and actually put in a ton of time on biography, like, was he in a plateau during that time? Or was it he was building a necessary base or, you know, a massive base, and this was finally you know, him utilizing that base. Yep. No, I think that's a, I think that's a really good and valid argument. And while you were looking at Seagrist, I was looking at Ondra to see what his numbers looked like. His are similar in that same grade range. It, he took 106 514s prior to doing 515. Um, so again, a pretty massive volume and doing them fast. Uh, in fact, he had already done Silbergeier by that time mm. in a day. So he'd done a big wall 514 with multiple pitches of 514, you know. Um, so he'd pushed the limits of staying in one grade range before he busted out as well. Um I also wanted to see with Ondra how many 515s he did before doing Silence. And I was kind of surprised that he had done 49 of them. It didn't even... It hasn't even really registered with me that there are 49 515s out there. You know, I guess there's around double that number. Uh, something like that. Around 100. But... He did 49 515s prior to doing silence. Now, the thing that really floors me here, from the time of doing his first 15A, which was La Rambla, to the time he did silence, he didn't just add those 49 515s. He also added 442 new 514s. Jesus. So he's he's not messing around. He built a giant base under silence. Yes. So, I mean, that's 500 routes over 514 in those eight years or whatever it was between mm. 15A and silence. That's insane. Um, also, we're going to get some sort of email about how you said Silbergeier. What is it? I think it's like Silbier or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I've only heard a French person say it and they weren't from Quebec. So they weren't just like adding a French cast, flair. They call it Silbergeier. So if it's not but... Silbergeier in talking to people who've climbed it, I'm blaming it on Chris Caloose. I would equally. This yeah. is from, coming from a person who said it too. So take I don't that, know. Take that Caloose. Um, mm. 
Yeah, that's insane. So Seagrass total five fourteen and up is two hundred and seventy nine, mm-hmm. with seven five fifteens at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's a wide base. And for a point of reference, I believe Margot Hayes did tw- 19 or 25 14s before she did La Rambla. Right. It was <clears throat> right in that range. So roughly a fifth. Do you think, do you think one approach is better than the other? And I guess this is just, I mean, this is an argument that could go on forever, which is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. So I think currency has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Margot, I believe, did most of those within like the two year, two to three years prior to her doing La Rambla. Right. So it was very dense mm-hmm. amount of time. I think she had one year where she did 14, four, 14 14s hmm. in a year. Okay. I believe that happened, um, which is dense. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it's one thing to do 25 14s over the course of a lifetime, and it's not another one to do them, you know, in two school breaks. Right. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I like this I like this idea of currency and how it applies to having a pyramid or a tower or whatever. Um, so yeah, I agree. And I don't know that necessarily one approach is better than the other. I think that, again, a lot of it comes down to what you're stoked on, you know? Segris was obviously stoked on climbing more 514s. And has traveled a ton as yeah. well. Yep. Yeah, so I think that has to be factored in as well. Um, do you want to guess how many double-digit boulders Jimmy Webb has flashed? Ooh, flashed. Jeez. First try Friday. Pete. Um, I'm going to guess he's flashed... 378. Oh, that's a lot. It's 186. Okay. But I was I was way overestimating because yeah. I had high expectations. Yes, because that's all you ever hear. Um, he's done 1,021 double-digit boulders. And Jimmy Webb's not like... He's not been around as long as Fred Nicole. No. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not a new kid on the block either. Mm-hmm. Not by any means, but... That's in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, I think maybe 11, 12 years of climbing double-digit boulders. So almost 100 a year. Yeah, uh, damn near. Yeah, jeez, Pete. So, I I mean, I think those guys make a great argument for the big pyramid. And then I think you can look at guys like BJ who are in a different situation that sort of make an argument for the tower. You know, I sort of ran into that problem in the red right around the 13C level where I had I had done three 13Cs and there were only two left in the red. There were five 13Cs at the time. How do I progress to 13D when there are like three of those? You know, it's you don't have all these all these routes to choose from. Mm-hmm. It's not the Franken Euro where there's thousands of routes 513 and harder you know yeah so there's there's an argument for the tower Mm -hmm. do you feel like there's a time when circumstances be damned you messed up with your pyramid or how you planned it whether that's you got greedy or you overbuilt or yeah um i think i did and 
and I can I can blame it all on something that's not me. Perfect. And I'm going to do that. This is going to be an ivory tower. <laughs> um, so redriverclimbing.com has <laughs> <God> this. <laughs> <laughs> they have this competition that is points-based, and you get a lot more points for doing two 11As than you do for doing one 12A. Mm. And I built a giant mesa over several years because I was so entrenched in that I need more points attitude. And it doesn't reward projecting at all because you're not putting fucking points on the board if you're projecting, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and you can go out and climb all day long at the 510 level and pass up people who just did 514. It's a fact, I know, because I did it. Mm-hmm. And But it doesn't make you a better rock climber at a specific point. Like Once you've done a certain volume of 511, 512, and you can do that volume all day long, it's no longer making you a better rock climber. And it took me a little while to realize that because I was really focused on the points. And I just need more points. Yeah. Just because you're capable of doing 50 11 A's mm. doesn't mean you can do 25 11 B's and 12 right. 11 C's and right. keep going up like that. Exactly. Exactly. And there were actually times where I was projecting something and really stoked to want to climb that next higher grade. And I would look back at those rankings and be like, I'm fucking slipping in the rankings. <laughs> I got to go do some 511s. You know, let me check and see which 511s I haven't done and I'm just going to go knock them all out. And and that's a dangerous place to be. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah, I think I did screw up for quite a long time by not projecting and just trying to do on-sites all the time for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a point where my hardest on-sites were only well, for a while, my hardest on-site was my hardest red point. And then for quite a number Classic of years. Classic red flag. Yeah. Quite a number of years, they were only one letter grade apart. And if you want to climb harder routes, if you want to become a better rock climber, and frankly, I think those two things do go hand in hand to some degree, then your on-site and your red point can't just be one letter grade apart. Because you're not you're not pushing yourself hard mm. enough at that point. Totally. So, yeah, I screwed up. How about you? Uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've spent a lot of time climbing with people who are much stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And while that's been beneficial in some ways, in other ways, it it was really hard for me to appreciate where I was at, like, currently and say, like, okay, like, for me, V8 is really hard. This is like something that'll take me two, three days. Like I need to go around and I need to find the coolest V8s, the ones that inspire me. And I want to do all of those. When I travel, I want to look at the V8s. Yep. Um, instead, I was like, ah, I want to climb, you know, V10, the ba- the magic number here in the United States. Yeah. Um, so I was always looking to those and like never appreciating. And so um, it was really easy for me to kind of build a tower um, doing that. And same thing with sport climbing. Like I would go through these phases. It would be... Oh, what would you even describe that? It was like a tower with a moat. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that to me. Well, it's like, 
So I would build this base and it would be tremendous. The greatest base you've ever seen. And then I'd be like, cool, base is done. I've done great, like great examples one season. I was like, I'm going to climb as many 13 A's and B's as possible. And it was going awesome. In like two weeks, I did like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. Uh, 514 right now. Like <laughs> fully just jumped yeah. all through all the plans. And what was funny is like, as I was going through these, I was like building this momentum, feeling more confident. And I was starting to do harder and harder of like within the 13 A, B range. I was doing these routes faster and I was like feeling better about them. And it would made more so much more sense for me to be like, cool. I'm going to keep doing B's and then I'll just start trickling in some C's. Mm-hmm. And I keep doing that. And even had I never gone beyond that, that season, it would have been a great season. I'd have learned a lot. Uh, instead, I was just an asshole. And I was like, nope, 514, here I am. <laughs> and uh, I just got stomped. <clears throat> yeah, I think. And I think that's a, you know, if you do just get stomped, then you should take a look at your approach and try to figure out what's wrong with it. You know, after having the conversation I talked about earlier with Alex Honnold, his his plan was to switch from an endurance athlete to an intensity athlete. That's how he put it. But he had a hard time taking his mindset from an endurance athlete into an intensity athlete. And he wanted to just jump up to the higher grade, like 14D, it's this grade I haven't done yet. I just want to do 14D, mm-hmm. but working on 14Cs are pretty important to being able to do 14D if you're, if you just built a giant Mesa at 13C. Yeah. You know, so, so I do, if you get smacked down, I think that's the, that's a really good sign that you should reflect on your approach a little bit. Totally. Or give us a call and let us reflect for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, no, it's funny. I I think I had even told you this. This was last year. I was just like, man, I don't understand why bouldering to me makes so much more sense and it's so much easier than sport climbing. Like to me, I was just like, I just take more naturally to it or something. So I started thinking about it more and more and I looked and I realized I've done more double digit boulders than 513 rock climbs. Hmm. That's not a good thing. <laughs> like that is. <laughs> well, I mean, it is if you're a boulder. Uh, yeah. Um, as someone who's spent more years sport climbing than bouldering that's right. terrible yeah but it's just a matter of i haven't taken the time to build a base mm-hmm. um and so that's a huge goal of mine for this year boom goal uh, all right goal i'm gonna edit that into our goals episode from a while ago please do um so that's one of my goals <laughs> this year is to really take the time and build a pyramid with sport climbing um i won't i'm not bouldering much these days so it's harder to do it with that um so i do just spend my time like for instance this year in waco I've got about a month in Waco total. And so I climbed a handful of boulders to kind of get back in the swing of things. And then I was like, cool, like I have the strength, I have the currency, like I feel comfortable here. Time to just like build my Waco tower. Yep. No, I think that's a good approach in a lot of cases, you know, like, like I talked about BJ, um, you know, our friend Lee Smith is in a similar situation where he's climbed in the red for a long time. He's got a family, he's got a career. He doesn't get to travel and climb much. Um, his wife doesn't climb often. And so he has to build somewhat of a tower. You know, it's, it's tough to go back and continue building a pyramid. 
I would, however, suggest in those situations, and this is something BJ is good at, getting out to other areas, really making an effort to get to another area that's different and and build some new skills there, mm-hmm. you know, and really try to add a little bit to your pyramid. Totally. You I know, mean, I think that's really important. Yeah. You know, building a base, even if you're, you climb on limestone, if you can, you know, build a base with a lot of like granite sport climbing or things like that, mm-hmm. like, that's going to add a lot more than doing more of what you've already done. Yep. Um, yeah. And you're becoming, you know, if you're, if you stick to one type of rock, one style of climbing all the time, you become this specialist, you know, that's the, that's what a tower is essentially. You're, you're specializing in something Yeah, and that's okay. It's not necessarily a problem, but there's another way as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what our next episode is going to be tomorrow generalization versus specialization what are the pros what are the cons and i'm kind of looking forward to that one actually Um, because i i have been a specialist several times with some really ridiculous types of rock climbing (laughs) (laughs) so i'm looking forward to that one um in the meantime shares on your social medias facebook's Instagrams. Check out the newsletter. Check out the newsletter. The current just came out today. It won't be today when you're hearing this, but you should sign up on our website, powercompanyclimbing.com. Buy some new shirts while you're there. Tell everybody over on your Twitter machine, even though you won't find us there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.